The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Of course, coverage continues of really this monumental sell-off on Wall Street all week long. Today, no exception. Welcome to Fast Money, everybody. Your traders on the desk tonight, Tim Seymour, Steve Grasso, Dan Nathan, and Guy Adami. Well, tonight on Fast, it is one for the history books. Wall Street just wrapping up its single worst week for the market since really the depths of the financial crisis in 2008. All 11 S&P 500 sectors falling into a correction, meaning they're more than down 10% or more from their highs. The selling has been hard, it has been fast, and really, until late today, they've been indiscriminate. Hard to believe that just last Wednesday, we were talking on this very show about all-time highs. Since then, the broader market down 13%. 18 S&P 500 stocks lost more than 20% this week. All told, the S&P 500 wiped out nearly $4 trillion in market value over the past 10 sessions. That is the budget of the United States of America. So, Guy Adami, as we head into the weekend, I'm going to pull a fast one on you. Fast money one on you. You think we get some... Fire away. The big violent move up in the day. You know the chatter, so I'm not sending out of school here. Maybe the Fed steps in over the weekend and does something. Do you think we're going to see something from... Jay Powell and company this week, your yeah, buddies? Some sort of consolidated global central bank thing, which I, the answer is yes. Why they think that'll be effective in this is beyond my scope. I'm not an economist. It's more madness on top of the madness they've been portraying for the last few years. But the answer is yes. I think the good news in terms of levels, I'm sure Steve will speak to this. This 2950 level ish where we closed, if you go back to the fall of 2018. That's where we topped out before we cratered in December. That's where we retested in the spring and sold off again. So the fact that we traded down and closed there is a very encouraging thing. People will take solace that a lot of these stocks rallied. Some stocks closed in the green. That's all a good thing. But let me tell you something. Mike said something very interesting at the end of the show that I would just sort of push back on. Although the stock market is clearly cheaper, that doesn't mean that stocks are cheaper. As a matter of fact, despite the fact that we're down 13% off the all-time high, given what's going on in the world, you can make an argument that stocks are not only as expensive as they were a week or so ago, they might be more expensive. Different conversation, but something to keep an well, eye it's on. A, it's a fantastic point. I mean, Tim, to, I think to Guy's point, and don't want to put words in your mouth, my friend, which is how can we value a market on a P.E. basis when we have no idea? And company, this, companies have said... We don't know what our E is. They don't know what the earnings are. You don't know the denominator. Hard to get evaluation. Because we don't value companies, Brian, on a, on a two-week or a two-month basis. I think we're, we're looking forward. And I, I recognize that Q1 and Q2 are going to be, Q2 now, um, going to be significantly altered. And, and if you think about Goldman said yesterday, earnings cut to zero, you, know, you name it. Um, I, I don't think that that's the dynamic here. I think this was about positioning. I think it was about markets uh, that had gone uh, 19% from October 3rd of 2019 based upon not a lot of great fundamental news, uh, walking into 
the dynamic where positioning was so offsides and this was the catalyst. And not to oversimplify it, but I, I do think markets are going to continue to grapple with the global economy. But I, I, think, I think investors can look at stocks. I think it's a great time for the people at home to find companies that you actually have been wanting to own and, and, and some companies that I don't totally love. But think about the domestic company and the domestic business that Facebook has and where it's trading on a, on a you know, it, it's trading 17, 18 times. Think about Google. It's trading yeah. uh, about 17, 18 times with significant amount of balance sheet and cash and a new CEO that might begin to change that. Look, the good news here is that people were looking for a shakeout in markets. You've gotten it. People were also looking for yesterday we closed on the lows. Today we closed on the highs. And I think that, that at least in, in the context of people understanding that markets don't just move in one direction. Yeah. You got a chance. We, to we see should that. note, Steve Grasso, that the Nasdaq 100 ended the day higher. The Nasdaq 100 actually right. finished up. But I'm looking here at this chart. I just turned it to. I said, "Ooh, I kind of made a grimace." This S&P 500, where's support here? So l- let's talk about this, though. So we talked about that 28.55 level. We bounced there down to the decimal today. But think about something else. The Fed came out with that one-liner, two-liner, three-liner, whatever it was. It rallied the market, and then the market sold off again. What did we have into the close? A pension fund rebalance, $30 billion into equities. Now, it doesn't have to be done today, but that's why you had that rip up. So I wouldn't read too so much into it. So that's not necessarily a fundamentally good thing. Then. We shouldn't take solace thing. in that if it's just one giant buyer or a couple giant pension funds. They don't buying. have to do it. It's a misconception that they have to do it in one day. They have days, weeks where they could buy in. But that was but the lesson is the Grasso message apparently is don't focus on that 600 point rally as some kind of panacea for the rest of the Absolutely market. Absolutely not. I think you have to look at how we faded after Powell today. I think that was more telling. I want to see Sunday night, see if there's a coordinated effort. And then we'll re- recalibrate on Monday. Yeah, I just mentioned this. You know, everyone's got their list, the stocks that they missed. I think it's really important to remember, if you think about just the last year or so, some of the moves that we've had were just so extreme. Some of the moves that we had just in the last couple months were so extreme. Some of the biggest market cap companies, we know that Microsoft was trading at 160 at the end of January. It went to 190 within a few weeks. And then it went all the way back to, what, 152 this morning. Apple, the same thing, went from 260 to 320. These things went on these parabolic moves, and they've corrected all that. Amazon went from 1900 on earnings in late January up to 2200 and now it's at 80, 1850 or something like that. And I bring up those names because we know what they are. They're the biggest market cap companies in the world. They all um, equaled about $5 trillion just about a week and a half ago. And I'll just mention this, though. When you think about those earnings that we're talking about that you can't quantify, two of those companies have taken off their earnings guidance. Sometimes, people, it takes time for these things to work themselves out, especially when you don't have the certainty. And I'll just go back to a couple periods where we've had major, major corrections. We have crashes in the stock market 2000 to 2002, 2007 to the lows in 2009. What worked there? Time worked. So you can't go in and just say, we're going to have this de-reversal. I just think those are the sorts of mistakes that could really put you behind um, for for years to come. It does does keep the shorts a little bit on their heels when you hear Powell come out. Or we don't have no idea what that coordinated effort could be on Sunday. Yeah, but, but let's so, go back to 08, though. But, but hang on a second. I, I agree with you because I do, that's not what's going to save this market for any long period of time. If, if a headline comes out that says 
there's a real vaccine and we're making headway, then the market rips up. But my point is about time. Think back to 2008 during the financial crisis. We had every Sunday night there was a journal headline or a CNBC breaking story about some coordinated central central bank effort. We'd get that short squeeze. We'd get that rate cut. And then they'd fail and they'd make new lows. And 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 this happened for a year, I guess. But I think you're talking about 2002, 2008. I don't disagree with you, but you're also those were recessions. Um, Those were definitely and I I don't think I think there's a healthy debate right now. I think we've seen uh, GDP get slashed around the world. I think, you know, arguably China will contract in the first quarter, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not sure we're in a global recession. There were recessions in hindsight. We didn't know then there were recessions. We didn't know then when the market was creating. We didn't know then when the central bank But I can look in hindsight at the market that didn't quickly move back because, in fact, the market also uh, had to to deal with that dynamic. But, in fact, those were recessions. That's why the market didn't do it. I don't know that we're going into a recession here. Um, I think that, again, this gets back to positioning and, and what you're talking about, what Steve's talking about, these are technical things and I think they're mm. important. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the government wasn't in there. The plunge protection team, somebody actually going and exit. No, you, you, no there, I, I'm, there not, I'm laughing. There is execution. Uh, there is execution. I'm laughing because that I had people on the Twitter saying and, that same thing today. And to be clear, also, in coming out of the 2008-2009 crisis, the Fed really identified two goals that they had. It was 10 and 10, and it was to get inflate. It was is to get the Dow above 10,000. It was to get unemployment yeah. below 10 percent. And they do target the market. They, I mean, there's no question about it. The Fed, the Fed is out there talking about the market every every now, day. Now, but it's two. Okay, two way, two ways to look at it. Guys. If the Fed actually, the you know, government comes in and buys stocks, that's one thing. Somebody on CNBC this morning or last night, I can't remember who it was, I apologize, said we need a vaccine, not a rate cut. American Airlines is down 30% this week. Why? Because people believe you don't want to be in a, in a tight steel tube or aluminum tube with 350 people you don't know sneezing on the back of your head. Right. Okay. What's a rate cut going to do about making people afraid to get on a plane? Well, that was my point earlier. I, I don't... Money can be as cheap as you want, but if people are scared to go out, it doesn't really matter. But I'll say, and the good point is this. I was just, I was traveling today. I was in Fort Lauderdale Airport, packed. My plane filled with people. Nobody on the plane that I saw had a mask on. When I landed in Newark, New Jersey, the line through security was packed. People didn't have masks. So right now, it seems like business as usual. The concern clearly is if something were to happen here and people stop spending money, 73% 73% of our economy is driven by people wanting to spend money. Right, but that people could, get that scared. Could be, I'll let you finish, but that could be pent up to a certain period of time where I don't, I don't necessarily think you're going to get the same bang. Like, if you're going to take a vacation, you know, put this one off, you probably aren't going to take two in six months. But there's a case to be made that there's a technical recession, and a lot of these costs and a lot of these things that you're buying – you will eventually buy once you do come out, out outdoors. Dan, and tell me, if I think I, what you might be saying is that the markets, what it's going to do now is this is a catalyst to respond to what were fundamentals that didn't make sense before. Is that fair? A little bit. I mean, but this is also on the heels of that mid-cycle adjustment that we had last year right. with three rate cuts. And so my point is that the, the economy was already fragile. We have this black swan that. event. Make no mistake about it. That is what this is right here. And I'm just saying that the likelihood of recession has gone up dramatically. We spent all summer when we had the, uh, the, the uh, Treasury inversion talking 
talking about in 2019, that every recession in the post-war period was preceded by that inversion. That right. inversion, And here we are six months after that, but, and we're having it again almost. So but, just one quick point, because I, I agree with that. But, but back to what's gone on over the last yeah. week and the, the extreme moves across stocks. You know, Boeing is a great example. This has been a battleground stock. This is certainly a stock that before this dynamic, we were very concerned about company-specific safety issues. You know it. I don't need to get into it. Boeing has sold off more on the coronavirus. It went from two, it went from 340 down to 275 than it did when it had major existential yeah. and safety issues. And why is that? Boeing's business isn't going to change because of the coronavirus. So, so Tim, let me and, follow. And that's an opportunity. Let me, let me follow same with, with Delta Airlines. Let me follow up with you on that point, then. So, okay, you mentioned Delta. I was going to ask you about United only because Guy was on a United flight. He said it was crowded. And we've known about the Asia stuff. By the way, they had fights in Hong Kong and, and the planes were empty then, too. I know because I was on one. United is down 21% this week. So either you believe that United's business is going to fall off from here dramatically, or it's not. American Airlines, the same way. Are we willing to bet that things will slow down that much? They, they canceled flight routes. You know, if you want to look at the positive side of that, these are airlines that are actually acting with discipline and on capacity rather than having planes sit around or fly with three people on them. I actually hear that airlines are running their businesses differently. It's an awful time for them. There's a lot of reasons. But, but if you, you can't tell me that Delta, which traded from 61 down to 45, uh, which has the best balance sheet of the airlines, is going out of business. And, yeah. and the stock is trading like there's balance sheet stress and people that were never flying an airplane. Before again. we get to Carterworth, I want to bring up one stock as well. It's a little bit controversial. If we could bring up the, the ticker for Tellurian, T-E-L-L, guys. Tellurian is a big company, LNG producer. Well, not yet. They're going to be. They've got one huge project that is underway, but they're not exporting yet. Stock fell 51%. Today, I was talking to some desks are saying, listen, basically the market is suggesting that these long-term China contracts may not happen. Point is, Steve Grasso, the market sold that stock off ostensibly on, on nothing just because they believe that this project may not happen. Is that a rational Market no, no it's not rational. To Tim's point, when you see Boeing sell off more on Corona than the Max Jet, it's because you can't quantify. So everyone just looks for the exit immediately. Max Jet, you could sort of quantify what, it's, what is it going to do. Yeah, we have 37 planes and it's yes. blah, blah, blah. Right. So you, there is some way to quantify. Or you could be wrong. Well, even United doesn't know. They told us a couple days ago. We don't know what our earnings So are. there's a way you could do it. But when you look at Corona, we have no clue how many thousands or millions of people are going to get it. Or not. Or not get or it. Or not. So what people do is they rush for the exit. That's what I'm, what, that's what I'm asking. So this, is not, ra- me, this me, is not rational. Oh, everybody's I, tired I, and grumpy. No, Brian, okay. real quick. Is I'm it market- rational? thing was Guy, it are you rational no, I'm, I'm happy as uh, can be it's friday i mean the rangers play tonight was it rational the weekend when apple came out and made their comments stock went down five or six dollars off an all-time high on monday by tuesday was making another all-time high was that rational let me ask you a d- more the, direct the short me, answer is no let me ask you a more direct friend. question more direct question yes, it was. thank you did american airlines deserve to fall 30 percent this week we don't know how can you know? What do you say all the time? Price is? Truth. I mean, and yeah, I know that but, but, people so you're push talking back, about but... an industry where American Airlines have been bankrupt twice in the last 20, 30 years. Yeah. Yes, maybe it did. I, I'm just saying, like, you know, the, 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 I'll be, just because did the entire the market act rationally to you this week? 
Triple, I don't know. Double, triple volumes. Listen, dude, I'll just tell you this, okay? For the last couple months, we've been talking about why has the XLU gone straight up? Why has Tesla gone up 500%? Well, I could go on and on and on about the idiotic stuff that's gone on the other way. And so we have one week where the market goes down 14% in a straight line and the cheerleaders just come out. And let me tell you what cheerleaders are. Cheerleaders are the people who root on the way up and they root all the way down. And that's that's not particularly but there's, but there's, useful, is what I'm saying. It's so the same, it's what the I'm same saying, thing on the, on the short side, too. There's been people been calling for the market to sell off since 666 in the S&P. Turn, turn the TV off. Get off of Twitter a little bit. What I'm saying is... Turn the TV off later. What I'm saying is, it's just like, is this what you're doing? You might have a broker or a hedge fund manager or something like that. The people that you're paying to do this? By the way, nobody cares, but I did a Twitter poll. Did you sell stocks this week? No, we don't care. No, seven... What's up, dude? Seventy-five percent of my poll is a thousand people, whatever it is, said no, they did not sell stocks. So somebody sold stocks. I guess it was the all the the algos. Jim Simons can buy a bigger yacht this week. Uh, Carter Worth, you're supposed to be on like five minutes ago, buddy. All so right. we apologize. You're the most patient man in history. Talk to us about what happened. Where you see things going? It's, it's, it's a market for Gentlemen. all anybody. You can be bearish, bullish. Uh, let's just run through some stats and look at some charts. So. What we know, it is the third worst January-February performance on record. You can see these dates. Interestingly, they all are a bit different. January-February 09 was terrible, and we went down in March a little bit more, but then we ricocheted. 33, we were actually up big the rest of the year. 2008, January-February, it was a disaster of a year. So there's no analog ever, but these are literally the most epic ones, and we're in the Pantheon now. Um, take a look at the next slide. This is going to be in terms of uh, the simple month of February. Again, it's a similar. Think about 01. That was right after, right, uh, a crisis and so forth. The 09 again. All right. Now, the chart. What we know. Actually, I've got one more. Uh, let's look at this. It's the sixth worth calendar week ever. I mean, just for a, a calendar week to be down. And these are all fairly epic dates. We're going into the war. This is 32. We were plunging in 32, much lower after that. 33, we were higher. 08, you know, we were plunging and so forth. So, again, you can, you can cite any past example. Most of these were down, actually, looking out one, two, three months. The chart itself, no drawings, no annotations by me. What we do know, it's not random. We went right back to the peak of January 2018. It is exactly a retracement that can be sort of noted. Take a look at the next chart, and you'll see that we went up 10,050 points, down exactly 525. That is a 50% retracement. Some people look at that. The market did hold there, but it's not about the downside. It's this. Have we capped our upside? What will it take to make new highs? We have left so many people stranded, money that poured in in January, in February, not to mention October, 401K contributions. All of that money has been burned. And I think it's not about the downside. There's always downside investing. It's that the upside is so capped. Upside very capped. All right, Carter Worth. Carter, thank you very much. And by the way, Carter, we're going to see more of you in about 15 minutes for a special edition also of Options Action. And speaking of specials, again, our, our team, by the way, everybody back at CNBC has been working night and day and keep you informed on both the virus and the market. So shout out to everybody and tune in again tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, CNBC Special Reports, Markets in Turmoil. All right, we are just getting started here on Fast Money. Up next, we are taking your questions. If you want to know how to navigate the market volatility, tweet us at CNBC Fast Money. We'll tackle a couple of your questions. I'm sure you got a lot of them. We're going to be back right after this. Picture this. 
You're on a John Deere compact tractor, enjoying the sun as you clear brush across your pasture. You just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. All right, welcome back to Fast Money. We have got breaking news, a new coronavirus case in the United States. Let's get the latest now from HQ with Rahel Solomon. Rahel. Hi, Brian. So that case is coming from Santa Clara. The health department confirming that is now the 10th coronavirus case in California. They're going to hold a news conference in just about 40 minutes. So now brings the total confirmed cases to more than 83,000, about 83,700 total deaths, more than 2,000, 2,859 in California, now 10 in the U.S., 61. We know the president just held a news conference a short time ago. Santa Clara Health Department saying that they're going to hold a news conference at 7 p.m. Eastern. Of course, Brian, we will be tuned into that. Yet another case in the U.S., 10th in California and 61 in the U.S. Brian, I'll send it back to you. Yeah, we're going to have to get a look at the futures and everything on, the, on that news certainly as well. By the way, I want to, want to call attention very quickly before we go to break. I want to bring up Tellurian again because this is the kind of stuff, Steve, we're talking about as far as an irrational movement. We just talked about the movement of the stock today, and now it's booming after hours, which is just bizarre. The only news of the company today was that they extended their MOU, Memorandum of Understanding, with an Indian LNG company. That's all they did. They extended it. The market pounded the company for it. Now it's up 36% because we mentioned its name, Grasso. And, and these things can bounce. So first of all, it's down to a $2 level. It closed at $1.80. So these moves are going to be exacerbated with any headline that yep. you see come out. They use as a proxy the overall market. We don't really even know how much is traded, so I wouldn't read too much of it. Yeah, and the only reason we bring it up is we've had the CEO on CNBC many times, Meg Gentle. So the, the, the stock, the company has been on the network. All right. Full team coverage of this week's historic sell-off continues. Here's what's coming up next. Got a question about what you should do after this wild week on the markets? Tweet us at CNBC Fast Money. We're answering your tweets after the break. And later, if you've never dipped your toe in the options market, you might want to start looking now. We'll tell you everything you need to know about how they could protect you against a further sell-off. We've got all that and more when we come back. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. Let's go around the horn now to find out how you should be setting yourself up for Monday morning. Tim, what do you think? I don't think you should expect for a wholesale change in market sentiment, even though we could get plus or minus on the news flow. You're finding those handful of stocks. We've talked about a few of them tonight. And you're starting, starting to nibble on, on index uh, ETFs, things that give you exposure. If you feel like this is time to be opportunistic, you're, you're not putting all your powder to work on Monday, Tuesday. But I think it's time to start thinking about it that way. That's the discipline. Grasso? Pay attention to what you hear over the weekend. Pay attention to the cases. Pay attention to the central banks. On Monday, see if that 28.55 level continues to hold. That's very important. And you still have the pension fund rebalance to think about as well. Yeah, I would just say that stocks did not close on the lows, but 10-year treasury yield did. And that's not great, but obviously the the talk about further easing is putting pressure on that. Look, I think the good news is where the market traded down to and held in terms of the S&P 500. Look, obviously, for that in the futures on Sunday night. And maybe something from the Fed. Guys, thank you very much. All week long. Great job, everybody. All right, stay tuned. We have got options action and a special tonight. We're back after this. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. 
Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.